we do not realize how powerful your testimony is mm. uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Because, because my testimony and your testimony is a personal example of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and it's so personal and it gives the opportunity for other people to hear what the personal result of Jesus Christ in your life does. Welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, all the way from New Zealand. And today we have Christopher with us who uh, resides in the US of A. Um, and his uh, nickname, instead of going for Chris, he goes by Topher as Christopher. And I just love that. So how are you doing, uh, Topher? Really good to have you on the show and to get into your incredible testimony and uh, I just love having people and guests from all over the world. It just reminds us that we have an incredible God that is universal, that is the king of the universe, and no matter where you are in the world, he can affect you, change you, radically change you, and uh, yeah, I'm just keen to have your story, Topher. So how are you doing, Topher? And I'm going to give over the mic to you so you can sort of start wherever your testimony begins. And I'm going to jump in and out with different questions and um, yeah, but I'm going to give you the microphone and just stoked to have you on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, it's great to be here, uh, Brother Joel. Um, uh, it's a beautiful fall day in the great United States of America. My testimony begins not on the Western Hemisphere, mm. but on but on the Eastern Hemisphere in Europe in a... Uh, in a small country called Latvia. Latvia is about the size of West Virginia and land mass, and uh, land mass size. It's a pretty um, small. <laughs> it's it's border. Yes, it's very cold. Um, it, it it's right below the Arctic Circle. It borders Russia on the Baltic Sea. Mm. Um, and um, Latvia used to be a satellite nation of the Soviet Union from uh, for about 60 years. Um, Latvia gained its, gained, gained its independence in 1991. I was born in 1994 to a broken family. I don't know who my dad is. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what his name is. Um, the only thing I know is my mom's name. And uh, I don't know if she was a teenager, if she was a young adult, or or a lady in her 30s. All I know is her name. So, so you, I don't know. So you've never met your I mother? Don't know, I don't know where I get my, I don't know where I get my hint of looks from, or, um, but I do know, I do know that I get my talk to this probably from my mother. Um, but, um, so I was born and um, my biological mom was mentally unstable medical medical records say in so many words um that um she didn't have any type of assistance with me so much that at six months old something happened to me that that she physical abuse on me by so bad that 
I was rushed to to I was rushed to the to the hospital and had, had and had to have emergency brain surgery and they had to remove a third one third of my brain on wow. the right side. Wow. From physical abuse. Um from that abuse, um uh the uh the state came in, the Latvian state government came in and put my mother in jail and then they did surgery, they uh, sewed me up and then they put me in an orphanage. You know, um my life verse is this Psalm sixty eight six. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with change, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Um, and uh, and so and so I get placed in, in an orphanage for three and a half years. You know, and your listeners is probably wondering where is God? Mm. God, God is working. Okay, going back to the Western Hemisphere in the in the United States of America, in the state of Georgia, there's a middle-aged dad that was planning on planning on a mission trip to Eastern Europe in the spring of 1996. All right, so so I'm two years old, and God God put a burden on a man to go on a mission trip. Mm. All right, um, and. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend of 1995, this man was uh, uh, was deer hunting with his cousin, and uh, they were in the woods, and 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 this man um, was I uh, I said um, you stay here at the deer stand, and I'm gonna go go up a little way and scout to see to see if I can find any type of deer tracks, and uh, his cousin said okay. As this as this man was coming back um, from scouting, his cousin thought he had spotted eight point buck and and took the shot, but it was the man. The man was shot in between his eyes, killed him instantly. Wow. Where is where is God? Yeah. You know, all you have heard is trauma. You know, heartbreak, brokenness. You know, um, because honestly, this this man that walked with God, his last dream of going on a mission trip should have died with him. All right, at, at, at his funeral a week later, his wife and four kids stood up and said, stood up and said, we don't want flowers. You know, flowers to lay on his uh. Um, grace that that will just wither away. Um, but we want we want small donations of ten dollars, five dollars, twenty dollars, so that we can print additional Russian Bibles, because we are gonna go in his place. All right, and and get this: from that man's death, they were able to raise an additional ten thousand printed Bibles. Wow. For that mission trip, three months later. All right. Um. So, so this man's wife, his son and daughter go, um, on this mission trip. They go in March of 1996, and um, and they do a lot of street ministry of of um, passing out Bibles, witnessing of of passing out um gospel tracts 
in Russian and talking to people with with the use of translators. Mm. There are stories of middle-aged people and senior citizens receiving the Word of God for the very first time in their life because they were under communism rule mm. for 60 years. And I actually have um, some pictures of, of the Latvian people holding the Bible and kissing it wow. for the very first time. Yeah. Um, so you're how, only two years old. You're still in Latvia in Europe and you're in an orphanage yes, at this time. Yes. Yes, sir. You know, you know, I'm, I believe the world has forgotten me. God has forgotten me. What worth am I, you know? And, um, on on this mission trip, the ladies wanted to go visit a orphanage mm. um, in Latvia. They did not. They did not come visit the orphanage that I was living at. All right, but the ladies wanted to be a blessing to to the kids, and so they brought brought a small suitcase of candy bracelets, and each kid in that orphanage received a candy bracelet bracelet and to them it was like christmas morning because at a because at a rundown orphanage you don't receive guests and then on top of that you don't you don't these orphanages they don't receive gifts for the kids and so i mean all the kids were super happy all the ladies hearts were 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 touched Mm. but only one lady's hearts was changed from that experience and this particular lady comes back from this mission trip asking god what do you want me to do you um you have given me this burden that that you want me to do more do you want me to support a missionary Mm. to that's um that's stationed in latvia do you want me to go on more mission trips there do you want me to support a orphanage? You know, all these questions. Yeah. She was open. And God said, she was just open to the word of God. Lord, use me. Yes. What, do you, what do you want me to do right yes. now? Yes. And, um, and God laid on a heart to say, I want you to adopt. And that was a big task mm. because you see, this lady already had the perfect American dream. She had a husband and three kids of her own, you know, I mean, that's a perfect dream, you know, um, and God's asking her to, to add to that, um, and so she, uh, and so she, uh, prays about it, and then she, uh, talks to her husband and her kids about it, and they are, and they are all on board, mm. you know, on this, and, um, and so she finds this, um, European adoption agency and she calls them up and says, you know, and they, and they small talk and then they get down to business about, you know, who is available to be adopted, uh, from the small country of Latvia. And, uh, and this agent was like, well, um, ma'am, we first have, um, we first have this 13 year old young lady. Her name is Alexandria. Um, she, she is 13 years old. Um, her mom birthed her in prison and, and, uh, you are not allowed to have, um, kids, um, in prison. So the state threw her into, uh, into the uh, orphanage 
And uh, her mom, her mom got released from prison at four years old, and her mom never came to the to the orphanage and picked her her own daughter. Mm. Um, and uh, and this young lady has been looked at by three different Russian families, and they all rejected her. And now she's thirteen years old, still looking for a family. Yeah. What would you think? Would you think about adopting her? And this young lady's, you know, she she is all in. She said yes, yes. She is. She 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 would be perfect. Mm. Um, because we can show her the love of Christ. Mm. Um, you know, and all that. And uh, they sort of wrap up the conversation, and uh, and uh, God and God whispered to her uh, to this to this lady said, ask that same question again. Mm. And this young lady asked, before we leave, is there anybody else mm. that can be adopted? Did she have a prompt and, in, uh, in her spirit to be like, this looks like a good choice, but I don't feel like it's what God's saying? Uh, no. Um, uh, she was just following the Holy Spirit of, of just, you know, um, you know, for some reason she wanted she wanted to adopt more than one child. More than one. Wow. Which is awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and and this agent was taken surprise. Um because to because to want to adopt one child is very sufficient. Mm. But to but to ask to 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 adopt a second child mm. you, that is that is extraordinary that is that's a miracle mm. um and you can and you could almost hear the rustling of papers and files on the desk but god had that file on that desk mm. and this agent this agent opened up this this file and said yes we have this we have this we have this young boy um he's four years old he's 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 sustained a traumatic brain injury. Um, he's got cerebral palsy. He can't walk very well. Um, he didn't know how to talk yet. He doesn't. He didn't have a lot of hope. And his name, his name, his name is Yuri. Yuri Gazines. Ladies and gentlemen, that was me. Wow. I was that four-year-old little boy um, in that file. And yeah. this, and this young lady, and her precious family. Fell in love with me by a four inch by eight inch photograph. Wow. It took about a year and a half of paperwork, you know, to get, to get uh, it. finalized. Yeah, it's, it um, takes a long time to adopt somebody and even yes. longer to do it from somebody from a different country. Yes. And, thi and this is a miracle in itself. This family was on a was on a uh, single single income household and God provided every cent mm. of the uh, adoption paperwork fees because Amazing. because that's hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. all right that God provided that through through churches through regular everyday Christians God um, makes a way yes I'll tell you this there was a uh, a couple in their church that had recently retired and um and she sent this young lady an a email and said, um, we want you to help with the adoption process. What else do you need? And this young lady said, we need um, the funds 
for the plane ticket, for four plane ticket, you know, and those and plane tickets, you know, you know, to Europe are were probably about two thousand dollars round trip. Mm. And and this this Christian retired couple purchased four plane tickets for us. Wow. Um Man, yeah. God has just I mean, had you guys uh being directed um every step of the way. And the Bible says it's in um Proverbs and Psalms, it's kinda says in in both of those different books, but uh that God lights uh the uh, light the path upon my feet. So yes. just from where yes. you're going, the next uh, step at a time that he knows he's just lighting that up. This is where I want you to go, this is where I want you to go. And it's just so clear that God's been doing that with your family um, to get yes. you out of Europe. Just incredible. Yes, sir. They got all the paperwork, legal legal fees done by 1998. And they came, the, uh, the, uh, this young lady and her mother um, came over in March of 1998 and um, to, to come pick up Alexandria and Yuri, mm. myself, up. When they come to come pick me up from the orphanage, the orphanage wanted to keep the very clothes that I was wearing, that that right. my new adopted mom had to bring a change of clothes wow. for me to wear walking out. Yes. The orphanage life was very was very despicable. When I when I was four years old, when I got adopted, I weighed eighteen pounds. Wow, man, that's. Nothing. I weighed as much. I weighed as much as a six month old baby, yeah. as a healthy six month old baby. And your listeners are probably like, you know, how is that possible? The orphanage life was was very tragic. And the very orphanage, the orphanage that I I was living at, there was a hundred and twenty kids from the age of. Six months old to fifteen years old. Man, that's a and lot. there was only yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about a wild daycare? You, you know, that's a day. You know, wild day daycare. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, and then there was only seven ladies working there full time. Wow, for a hundred and twenty so, kids, man. Yes, seven days a week. So they were probably doing twelve-hour shifts. You know, you know. Imagine that. Okay, and to feed 120 kids is a very big task. And what they would do is they would they would cook, you know, let's say chicken and rice, you know, in a big nice pot. And if you were under the age of five, they would take that chicken and rice from the pot, put it into a blender, blend it up into a nice protein shake, put it into a baby bottle. And give it to the toddlers. Wow. Oh, nasty. That, yeah. So, and that was my, that, that was the type of meals I was having for three and a half years mm. of just, I, I didn't, I didn't know what, what, I didn't know what, what, what type of food was. Their very first meal outside of the orphanage in Latvia was a good, was a great American chain called mcdonald's um <laughs> oh my gosh there's your first solid food yes and and my new mom got me a double cheeseburger a small fry and a sweet tea mm. and i devoured it 
Um, <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Um, so much so, so much so that they, that she had to order me a second double cheeseburger. <laughs> so, so at four years, at four years old, I'm eating two double cheeseburgers, uh, a small fry and sweet tea. I mean, I mean, what a introduction to what a introduction to the American life. Yeah. Um, um, when I, uh, when I finally come to America, um, I move, um, I move to the state of Georgia and, and I get my own room for the very first time. And, um, and I had the coolest bedroom that a kid ever wanted. The thing was, the thing was race cars. My, my new dad, my, um, my new dad actually is, was actually a race car builder. Um, oh, wow. he, um, he, he actually builds, um, GT3 cars, um, yeah. in real life, still, still, still to this day. I had rural, royal blue painted walls. I had checkered flag, um, window curtains. Um, I, I had a handmade wooden race car bed. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, hopefully, um, making you guys jealous. Um, <laughs> and then I had all these new toys. I didn't leave my room for three days. <laughs> um, I, my new sisters, my mom and dad, they would try to, they would try to tell me that it's time to eat, but I would always, you know, shrug them off or I wouldn't believe them. Because I thought that they were taking me away from from my toys. Uh, because I never had, I never had toys yeah. in in the orphanage's life, and so and so I literally had to starve myself before I realized that that my that my toys are not going anywhere. Mm. Do you have any questions for me? Because I know I've been talking a lot. No, yeah, it's good. I thought I'd get um get the the first stage of your life of your early adoption uh, but no I do have um, a few questions so how has being placed in an orphanage uh, shaped your perspective on family or family life it's um it has shaped it very differently for me um because I never fit growing up I never fit in never fit in mm. into my family um it's not it's not because my family tried. It was just because I had baggage, emotional baggage, early development mm. baggage. Because because growing up in an orphanage, you are isolated a lot. Mm. I, I was told that they only change my diaper once a day. Wow. You know, um, that um, I never got attention. And so when I finally got adopted, I wanted all that attention. Mm. And everywhere I went, and that's not good because I was because I started to get all that wrong attention. I became the class clown in school. Mm. I started not listening to my mom and dad. I never listened to, I never listened to my school teachers. I became behind in school. I would never do my homework or, um, yeah, um, I made my life very hard on myself. Mm. And that's a, you know, a a response to not having any attention when you're young, and um, just trying to like. Yeah. I suppose I suppose you might think that it might all be taken away from you again um, at any right, moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And then two, you know, sadly to say, I, I didn't really know what was going on. You know, I mean, uh, mentally, you know, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to develop social skills and trying to figure out, you know, how I fit in. And, and I was just making it harder on myself, sadly. So there, there's nobody else, there's nobody else to blame besides me. So was this um, sort of the build-up to um, not doing very well at school and becoming the class clown and not doing your homework? Was this the build-up that your parents had on their decision to send you to a Christian boarding school? Yes. So how yes. old were um, you when that happened? I was 11 years old. Okay. So at the end of fourth grade, which is at nine years old, 10, nine mm. years old, um, they pulled me out of public school and they started homeschooling me. Okay, and and that worked and that worked for about six months. Got caught back up on my grade level. Um, I was doing really well, and then I just said, you know, fooey on this, and I just started, you know, mm. you know, I started, I started listening to myself. You know, I, you know, um, I started, I started, I started that rebellious, that that rebelliousness again, mm. and so. As my mom and dad were like, we've tried everything. We've tried, we've tried discipline. We've tried, we tried pulling them out of public school, and that's not working. Uh, we've tried, we've tried um, counseling. That hasn't worked. Therapy that mm. hasn't worked. Um, you know, we don't know what we don't know what to do. Mm. And uh, and so they and so they decide to say, okay, you know, we have to find them. A boarding school. Um, they didn't want to send me to a military school because that would be too harsh, you know. And uh, mm. you know, and and they wanted it wanted something Christian as well. Yeah. Um, and so they founded Victorious Valley Homes in South Carolina, United States. Oh, yeah. And I actually and I actually went there at um, August sixth, two thousand and five, at eleven years old that was the last time that i that that i have lived with my with my family um oh, wow. let that sink in yeah. I, I i'm 20 i'm 29 years old i haven't i have not lived with my with my family for i guess 18 years yeah that's a long time well yeah um anyway yeah um and um at you know um at at 11 years old um, I really didn't know what was happening. I, I thought it was summer camp because I get to be, because I get to hang around um, teenage boys, um, you know, uh, boys that were 11 years old because I never had brothers, you know. Um, I just had those, those, I just had annoying sisters mm. that were all older than me, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so I thought, and so I thought it, and so that, so I thought, you know, man, this is, I mean, this is awesome. Um, we had chapel every day. Um, we had to do um, Bible memorization every day. We actually had to memorize 30 chapters of the Bible. Really? Oh my gosh. New Testament, yes. Old Testament. Yes. Um, both. Oh my um, gosh. I had to memorize, the, I had to memorize the books of the Bible. I had to memorize 20 different Psalms. I had to, I, I had to memorize Isaiah fifty three. Um, I had to memorize. Um, 
I, I had to memorize. I had to memorize the entire book of James. Mm. James is five chapters in the New Testament, or I believe eighty-seven verses. Mm. Um, which, which I believe, I believe James is a Proverbs of the New Testament. You know, um, so I get all this. I get this entirely different viewpoint of life. Um, of you know, of the biblical viewpoint, and um, I came to know Jesus Christ at summer camp in 2006, on June 20th, 2006. I just remember getting down on my uh, knees on the pew that I was sitting at, and I just asked Christ to come into my life. That I mean, I I confessed to Him that I was a sinner, you know, um, that that I needed a Savior for my sin, and Jesus Christ is that savior and i became born again um and that can i ask when you were born um, again did that um have a change of of feeling a heart change um did you hear god's voice any of those sort of things i did have a heart change and then i started hearing god's voice of saying you don't need to say that you don't need to act like that Mm. but but because i but because i'm a very stubborn man (laughs) <laughs> I still said, I still said, no, I know, I know better. Mm. And that got me into trouble at boarding school a lot. My attitude of life didn't really change until I was 16 years old, sadly, because of my stubbornness. Mm. You know, um, there's nobody else to blame besides me for that. At 14 years old, can can I ask I, you before you get to your fourteen, when you were twelve, um, and that moment that you accepted Christ as your savior, can I ask what led you to that decision? Conviction. Just conviction. Um, yeah. Um I remember the the preacher that night, he was preaching on a particle son of Luke chapter fifteen and and I remember God saying, I know you are adopted to America. But you are still a prodigal son. You know, you are not, you have not been adopted to my family. And you will be separated from me for for eternity's sake if you are not adopted in my family. So on, so on um, August 20th, no, no, June 20th, I got, I got adopted the second time. Um, so... I call my testimony twice adopted mm. because I've been adopted worldly and then I've been adopted spiritually. So good. So you can use that title. So you can use that title for my for my episode. In Sounds the, good. In the future, yeah, twice adopted. Um, awesome. Um, so tell me, um, at age fifteen, you said that you felt called to preach. How did you discern that calling, and what steps did you take to pursue it? All right. Um, before I jump, uh, before I answer that, at age fourteen, mm. I go. Um, I have a home visit with my with, with my adopted family, and my adopted mom and dad sent me down to tell me, after twenty six years of marriage, that they're getting divorced. How did you take that? Very hard. Um, because 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 they did obviously reassure me that them getting a divorce was not my fault that their divorce has nothing to do you know with me mm. but you had that pesky old devil that will come to you at night and lie to you and say 
say, you know, if you weren't costing, if you weren't costing your mom and dad money to, you know, every month to send you to this boarding mm. school, they wouldn't have, you know, financial mm. issues or, you know, you know, marital problems with money. And, you know, mm. if you were, you know, you know, if you just knew how to listen, you know, you you wanna you wanna have all this. You wanna you you wanna add stress mm. to their lives. That that probably overflows into their marriage. Yeah. You know, and I actually believe that. Mm. And so I just became more angry, more bitter. You know, mm. <laughs> with you know because because I'm stubborn, <laughs> and then God has to start chipping away that anger, that bitterness. Yep. You know, and you know and. You know, and God just says, you know, um, you know, I have grace for you. Um, I have a plan for you. And at the age of 15, God starts to reveal that plan and says, you know, you know, the part, the part of my plan for you, uh, Topher, is I want you to be able to share your testimony mm. with others by, by the form of preaching. And I want you, I want to use your life experiences, your knowledge of the Bible to help Christians, people um, struggling in life. And I actually struggled with that um, for about six months because I'm like, you know, God, I I have this annoying stutter that probably annoys a lot of people. Um, I talk too much, mm. um, you know, that people are going to just turn me off after 10, 15, 20 minutes because I talk too slow, talk too much. Um, all these, all these, all these dumb excuses. And they're just the devil you talking know? to you as well, trying to convince you. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and, and God used Moses because Moses had a stutter. That's true. And, you remind me a lot of Moses, actually, um, and how you're still pursuing. I love how Moses had a stutter, but you and you're you've got a stutter, and you're saying, um, "I was so stubborn." And God can use your stubbornness for God as well. <laughs> and so God just, you know, birthed that, and, and and so I finally accepted that call, and God started to open up opportunities for me to preach at nursing homes, at the church, at the local church there. Yeah, you know all this, and. Um, on the Jesus Magnet. And <laughs> Yes sir. Yes, sir. And so that's how I came and so that's how I accepted the call to preach. Mm. Um, Joel. I love that. So is this um where God's been taking you since high school, since you've finished school? Um, has he taken you around to preach around it and are you working somewhere else at the moment? Um, yes. Um I thought I was gonna be a traveling evangelist, but God had other plans. Um, on the week of my 19th birthday, I get admitted to the hospital for serious digestive issues. Ooh. And the doctors diagnosed me the day before my 19th birthday that I have Crohn's disease. Mm. All right. Um, and, and I'm like, you know, why Lord, why me? Like, I mean, I mean, don't you think I got a don't you think I got a dramatic enough story to tell people mm. or a traumatic, you know, a traumatic, you yeah. know, you know, story to tell people. And I, 
and God just said, and God just sat me down and said, uh, Topher, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. That is Second Corinthians um, 12, 9 through 11. Um, you can post that mm. um, in the podcast links. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's what I want to tell, tell you and your listeners is whatever you're going through, his grace, his grace is enough for you for that day. Don't try to, don't try to get God's grace for tomorrow. Don't try to get God's grace for yet from, from yesterday. Ask, ask for God's grace for today. Um, Lamentation says that his mercies are renewed every day. That God and God's grace will be enough for today. For whatever, for whatever struggle, for whatever trial, for whatever addiction that you, that you have a hang up on, God's grace is enough for you. Wow. <laughs> so good. It's interesting. I just felt like I really needed to hear that myself. Um, but yeah, definitely going to, and all the other listeners will definitely hear that. And, um, yeah, quite moving. Um, yeah, um, I say uh, this is a perfect example. In everybody's life, you are going to receive lemons. Lemons are sour. You know, lemons are not very tasteful in life. You have to choose what mindset you will receive the lemons of life. Are you going to take the mindset of, I'm going to become a lemon head, you know, and and be sour to everybody else? Or will you be... Or, or will you be, or will you be, become lemonade, some yeah. sweet, good old-fashioned lemonade yeah. that you can pour into other people's cups, so that you can be a, so that you can be a refreshment to them. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So your testimony um, obviously affects even anybody that you come into contact with, uh, both your family and your community. Um, do you have any amazing stories on uh, the opportunities when you're able to share your testimony? And like I said earlier, you know, Lord, haven't I gone through enough? And um, how God's used every one of your trials for to, to show that God's redeeming power, that he is always bigger than what we go through. Um, did you ever get to the conclusion of like, you know what, and I like how you said earlier, my grace is sufficient, is what the Lord said to you. Is that the attitude that you have now going through trials today? Yes. And it's also that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yeah. Who is strengthening you every day? Is it yourself? Is it is it social media? Is it is it T V that's giving you strength to make it the next day? Because if it is you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ. Um, that that we don't realize that how we don't realize that that we that everybody's looking looking for strength, mm-hmm. and the only person that's going to give you strength is Jesus Christ, and you can find Jesus Christ in the Word of God, um, and with and through and through discipleship and testimonies of other believers yeah um so good so good so looking back on your life 
what lessons have you learned from your experiences, especially when you consider all those hardships? Romans 8.28 says this, For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and that are called according to his purpose. A lot of people forget that that small three-letter word called all. All things work together for good. That's the bad things in life. That's the good things in life. And that's the ugly things in life. And every individual is going to have those. You know, my my orphanage life was uh, completely, you know, crappy. I mean, that was, but God was still working behind the scenes. You know, always remember that God is always working where you cannot see him. Mm. So, um, that's amazing. Like I've, uh, yeah, just listening to your story and I normally talk a lot more during these episodes, but, uh, I just really wanted to listen to your story fully, um, before jumping in and out. Um, I normally talk quite a bit more in the other episodes, but, uh, I just really felt a stillness to, to hear everything, um, just from you on this episode. And, uh, yeah, just to see how you've uh, gone through these mountains and these trials and how each time that God's showing up and even when you look back on yes, these sir. mountains and these trials that you can see God moving and using all things for good. And uh, it's just yes, so um, amazing. Yes, sir. The last thing I want to say is God has made me, I believe, a overcomer in life. Um, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You can overcome the devil and all of his temptations by the word of your testimony, by you just stopping and by you start declaring of all the past goodness of God in your life. You know, if you just stop whenever you are whenever you're facing your addiction or struggle in life and you just stop and pause and, and remember, say, Hey, God brought me through this. God, God brought me from the orphanage to America. God brought me from America to a boarding school to himself. God brought me through through boarding school into real life. Then I can face today. I can face the, I can face tomorrow. Mm. Um, you know, that we we do not we do not realize how powerful your testimony is mm. uh with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Because because my testimony and your testimony is a personal example of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, and it's so personal and it gives the opportunity for other people to hear what the personal result of Jesus Christ in your life does. Man. All right, I'm done, I believe. <laughs> it's so good. No, I just love it. I'm just listening and, man, uh, making sure I apply it to my heart, you know, not just listen and forget, but to listen and apply it to my heart. And um, no, yeah, sure. I agree with that. It's so true. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are, are hearing it as well and going, man, that's why we go through these trials, you know, um, that God has these things in store for us to show his glory, that he is good, that he is faithful. 
and um, that right. that he makes us conquerors. And um, yes, yeah, just so good. So yeah, Topher, is there any final last things that you would like to share with us before we sign off and and finish the episode? God, God has created us to be one with Him and to also to overcome in life. Overcome is, 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 I believe, mentioned, I believe, 14 times in the last four books of the Bible. From 1 John through to, to the book of Revelation, overcome is mentioned 14 times. Mm, wow. And that's, and those books, those books have to deal with the last of days, the, I guess the end times, mm. you know, I believe that, I believe that's the age, the, the age that we are living in, mm. that God wants us to overcome. Mm. You know, that's my... Yeah, so good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Topher, thank you so much for joining us on the Jesus Magnet Podcast. You have an incredible story. And um, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode. Hope this really spoke to you as much as it spoke to us. And uh, have a wonderful 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 week and we'll see you next time on the jesus magnet thanks for listening to this episode of the jesus magnet podcast if you enjoyed this make sure that you connect with us find us on facebook on instagram and if you want to support us be a member of our coffee club jesus magnet coffee club see you next time on the jesus magnet